0: We are uh, we are not going to uh, see the, the uh, watch the movie tonight. Someone said, "Are we going to watch the movie?" I know it's I know the movies are really good. They really are good, but we had a lot to do tonight, and we wanted to make sure that we used our time as wisely as we can. So here's here's how the rest of the night's going to go. I'm going to have Lucinda come and uh, share. Um, Tammy came home just thrilled by whatever you did last night. And so I don't know what that was, but we are more than thrilled to, to have you come and be a part of this. And then uh, when she's done, we're going to have Jared come and take whatever time is left. And this time he really can go till the end. All right. Um, so we just want you to to uh, to to bless what we do here. And, and uh, you just do really do bless us. So we're thankful for you uh, very, very much. Um, and, you know, just uh, kind of going back, you know, um, because this is the last night you'll be able to kind of see them. You might catch them on Sunday. Then they're going to be gone. And you're back, like, what, mid-March or something or end of March? End of March. Okay. So, but if you're going to South Africa, you're going to get to see them. How fun is that, right? Isn't that awesome? Um, so, Lucinda, why don't you come and uh, and share? What do you need? Do you need a stool or a, a stand or what would you like? Okay.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here tonight. Um, Pastor Tammy is amazing. She allows me to speak all the time. I I have never spoken this much ever. So she really is um, developing this gift in me and I'm very grateful. Sometimes a bit scared, but very grateful. Um, so yeah, I'm just so privileged to be here tonight. So she said to me initially, will you come and share for a few minutes tomorrow? And I'm like, okay. And she goes, just on what you were sharing last night. And and I was thinking just a little part of what I said before, what she had spoken about. So I was fine. And then today she goes, like 20 minutes. I'm like, really? And then while she's up here, hey, listeners going to be mentioning that. I'm like, oh, I am? I was like, okay, Lord, you're just going to have to fill my mouth. Whatever you want me to mention, I'll mention. Um, so, we are so privileged to have leaders like Pastor Tammy and Pastor Phil that have a vision for evangelism. And um, they have it in their hearts, they have it in their spirits. And many times, Pastor Tammy will come up before the service and she will just tell us what the Holy Spirit is saying to her and what the Holy Spirit's revealing to her. And what we call that is casting vision. As shepherds, shepherds cast vision. Now when she tells us that the Holy Spirit has told her something, and we like think, wow, that's great, Pastor Tammy, you run with that. I really hope that you give them eternity for Christmas, this Christmas. Come and tell us about it, Pastor Tammy. No, what she's doing is she's casting vision. She's challenging us. And we have to be alert in our spirits that we catch the nuggets of what she's saying. And when we've caught it, to go and pray it. Because unless you're praying something, you're not going to do it. So in the mornings, if the Lord has said to his church through, through the shepherd, give them eternity for Christmas, then you've got to say, okay, Lord, what does that mean for me? I, I haven't got that in my spirit yet. It's in my mind. Okay, so now I've got to pray it until it's in my spirit. My husband's amazing. He's He, he loves um, telling me about measurable results. He's like, okay, you've been to 10 conferences. How many people have you led to Jesus? So he's like, I'm sick of conferences. These churches are having so many conferences. But how many people have we led to Jesus? So my challenge to you today is, Can you lead one person, can you give somebody one person eternity for Christmas, this Christmas? Would you make that your goal? Instead of just sitting in the pews, we're coming to church. No, 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 we are the church. We are the church. Can we say measurable results? Can I measure my results and say, Lord, can you give me one? Can I lead one? take somebody out of darkness and lead them to light? And for some of us, it's intimidating to share our faith. You guys might think it comes naturally to me or naturally to Jared or naturally to Pastor Phil and Tammy. It doesn't. Every time you speak to somebody, you're putting yourself out. I mean, they can reject you. So it doesn't come naturally to anybody. It's supernatural. You've got to... Step out in faith, right? You've got to rely on what? On the power, the Holy Spirit, resurrected power within you. To speak not out of your mind, verses that you've learned, but out of your spirit man. Because that which comes out of your spirit will speak to their spirit. So when I was living in London, I was being discipled um, by a lovely girl, Australian girl. And um, we were very evangelism focused. Our church was on the streets nearly three times a week on the streets of London. They would do evangelism. There'd be some cell groups um, on the streets. But I was, a, I was a banker at that stage I was um, in banking. And, you know, I love church. Give me a responsibility in the church, but I'm not going to the streets. So my my cell group leader says, hey, this week we're going to go out to the streets as a cell group. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not cool to do that. I'm sorry. I'm not forcing my faith on anybody. That was my misunderstanding. I didn't have a revelation, you see. I didn't have a revelation that when you share by the Spirit, you give life. It's not about forcing anything. When you speak out of the Spirit, man, there's change. So anyway, so she said, no, we're going. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go. It's not my thing. She says, just come, give some, give some coffee to people. So anyway, we're on the streets and I'm starting to get excited. We start praying for people. People start weeping and I'm like, wow, this is exciting. This is really, this is not what I expected. I thought I'd be really scared, but I'm I'm really enjoying this. And so she said, just pray with people. And And then the next step was, okay, these are the flyers, we're going to give it to people. So here I am, I've got the flyers, I'm like sheepishly giving to somebody, hey, Jesus loves you, and I'm like, (laughs) you know. And the Holy Spirit says to me, listen, if it's not by faith, there's no power. If you're not saying what you're saying by faith, through your spirit, man, it won't be effective. You see, as Christians, we can't live out of here. The mind, what we've been taught—we've been taught lots of things here by Pastor Tammy, Pastor Phil, Jared—but unless you're operating here from the Spirit, there's no life. So whatever I do, I have to do by faith. Even if you say one line, and if that's all you can start off with, so I would take the full line and say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm going to do this thing." So the next the next two guys that come past, I say. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Now it's coming from my spirit. Because you see, God had a plan and purpose for my life. I had seen him take my life and change my life, transform me. Now I'm saying by faith, what he did for me, he can do for you. And within two minutes, two 17-year-old boys on the street of London received Jesus. A miracle. English boys, they don't know about Jesus. They don't desire Jesus. Well, that's what I thought. But they both willingly surrendered their lives to Jesus. Why? Because I was obedient to the Holy Spirit. And yes, although it was intimidating, I said, okay, I'm taking a step of faith. And I'm speaking from my spirit, man. So on Sunday, we are going to be here. It's going to be festivities. And again, we're being challenged. We're always being challenged by Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy. They're telling us to go to supermarkets and share the gospel. And on Sunday, we're going to have an opportunity. And if you're scared at first, why don't you team up with somebody? Say, hey, you know what? It's my first time and I am a little bit scared. Do you mind coming with me? And And we'll kind of bounce off one another. Well, you see, that's what the body of Christ is for. We don't have to do things on our own. In the beginning, we can kind of leverage of one another, learn from one another. So if you're thinking, I'm not coming on Sunday night because there's no ways I'm going to share my faith. Why don't you take a step of faith and say, Lord, please will you help me? Help me to take that first step. Well, that was my first step in London when I went onto the streets. After that, I was hooked. I was completely hooked because I realized that it's not faith in Lucinda and her ability But my whole reliance was on the Holy Spirit. The resurrected power of the Holy Spirit within me was using me. A simple vessel that didn't always know what to say, but I knew that, Lord, you fill my mouth with words. I don't know. I'm not going to have some intellectual debate with people. No, I don't have the knowledge about anything, about religion, about if the guy's a Muslim, which I don't know anything about your religion. All that I know is, That Jesus loves me and what he did for me, he can do for you. See, it's not about intellectualism. It's not about winning an argument. When people start arguing, I'm like, sure, I don't know anything about all of that. But let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. You know, as I shared my faith more, the Lord would teach me, hey, I didn't call you to win an argument. I just called you to share my love, share my truth. And so when people would enter into arguments, I'd like, hey, you've got a valid point, you know, good point. But but let me just share with you. Let me just pray with you. So it didn't become about me or about me winning the argument because sometimes I remember one day a Muslim guy came to me in, in the bank. I was working and he said to me, what's the difference between your faith and my faith? And I said, well, I don't know much about your faith, but I do know that... Jesus loves me and that he speaks to me. And he said to me, you sound crazy. You sound like Joan of Arc. I'm like, well, what happened to Joan of Arc? He said, well, she said that the Lord told her to go into battle and she won this battle. And I was like, sure, that sounds like the Lord. It could have been the Lord. But, you know, I wasn't trying to have a lot of scripture or anything. I was just sharing with him as the Holy Spirit gave unction. And being obedient. And that's what the Lord wants you to be. You are not me. You are not Jared. And, and you're not Phil. You're not Tammy. You're yourself. And, and you can be in places where we can't be. And you can just be yourself. You don't have to try and perform when you share the gospel. Don't try to perform. It's not about performance. It's just about allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you. And when you feel like you're done, you don't have to say anything more said what the Holy Spirit has told you to say okay now what are you doing you're trusting in the Holy Spirit to do the work and so in the book of Acts we see that when when Paul preached he didn't always look for something in common with a person or he would speak the word of God by faith in the Spirit making declarations, proclamations. He would proclaim things in the spirit. Well, he knew that some of the things that he said was contrary to their doctrine. In Acts 17, he was speaking to the people of Athens, and he said, we do not worship a God made of hands. With hands. What was he saying? He was actually completely contradicting their idol worship. By faith, he was making proclamations. Well, obviously, to their minds, they were going to be offended. But in their spirits, something was happening. Whoa. You have a point there. And so they might not have received Jesus when he preached that, t- when he, you know, and heard it the first time. But something was so, whoa. When somebody speaks to your spirit, there's an eternal effect. And that's what you guys are doing. When you speak in the spirit, you have eternal consequences. Well, that person may give their lives to Jesus and we pray and we are going to be praying that the Lord gives you one at least that you bring into the kingdom. Remember, measurable results. We want to come back with saying, I led my one person. But there's some people that you're going to be sowing seeds, but you're speaking to their spirit man. Know that that seed will never, ever return void. Never. Never. And so we do it by faith, by faith, speaking the word. Yes, sometimes you're going to say things that are going to offend or they're not going to fit well with that person's religion. I have um, a group of ladies from Asia that I disciple. When I say disciple, it's an English lesson, but we do completely just Bible. So um, basically the English lesson is if there's any words in my Bible lesson that you don't understand, ask me what it means. So that's kind of what we do so they're all from an environment where they're completely unchurched and uh, you know i first did a few parables and and then i said to the lord lord you know what i don't want to do moral messages i want to make disciples and so i spoke about repentance and what that means and that there's only faith there's only salvation in jesus and it's only when you put your faith in jesus that he can allow you into heaven it's not about your good works cuz i'd say to them like um you guys have learned why would Jesus let you in? Well, I'm a good mom. Well, um, I read my Bible, or um, I, I go to church, or you know, or and I was like, no, it's by grace and only by trusting in Jesus. That's the only way. And it wasn't as friendly after that. You know, they were a little bit uncomfortable. But you know what? I've spoke to this spirit man, and I've sowed the seeds of truth, and I don't want to just have good messages about a good God. I want to have true messages where lives are able to be changed. And so my challenge to you is make yourself available. You, it might not be in your personality. You might say, oh, well, I'm a little bit shy. I'm a little bit, well, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and is within you, personalities change. When you get the word within you, study the word for a month and you'll see your whole personality will completely change. Because what's in you with within you will just come out. It will just come out. And in love, you'll be able to be the salt and the light in a world that needs truth. We have the truth. Our conversation has to be seasoned with truth all the time. The word of God. So um, one of the other things that Pastor Tammy wanted me to share about is will. Willing. You can't will yourself to do anything. It has to come from the spirit. When we give our lives to Jesus, we are born again. His spirit, his seeds of greatness are put within us. Now we have a powerful thing called the will. And the New Age teaches us, if you will something, if you will something, it will happen. But we have a more powerful thing. It's called supernatural. When you place your will and you submit it to the power of God, now you're not willing anything. I will, I will, I will. I will stop sinning. I will, 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 will. I will pray. I will read my Bible. No. Now you submit your will. You say, Lord, I don't like reading my Bible. It's boring. Lord I submit my will to you please give me a love for your word Lord I'm going to start reading and I'm feeling bored a little bit but I'm going to press in and I'm going to just believe that you're going to help me and you're going to teach me to have a love for your word what are you doing? you're submitting your will so now there's transformation from glory to glory from glory to glory so don't will yourself to do things because you're not going to be able to do it your will is only that strong And yes, the will is powerful. There is a certain level of truth to this new age religion thing. But there is not abundance in that. When you access God's abundance by submitting your will to a supernatural God, you will see supernatural things happening. Not in your life only, but in those around you. Because of the grace of God, not because of you. And when you fail, well... It's not that bad because you can say, well, Lord, forgive me and thank you that I can submit my will to you again and you forgive me and that it's always been about you and never been about me. So it's always focusing on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one that enables us to be holy. We cannot be holy of ourselves, but the Bible says, does say, be holy for I am holy. That doesn't mean that we can live in sin. No, what does it mean? We access the power within us by faith. Amen. Yeah.
0: So um, it's really cool just to to have you guys here. And and you know they're expecting their second. Right? Yeah. And when's the due date? Uh, 18th of May. 18th of May. I told you I had this vision of pregnant women and just like pregnant women everywhere, you know. My goal is every woman in the church is pregnant. Again. Again. So I've already done my time. No, no, we have more. Jared, come on up, brother. We want to give you all this time. Let's give him a round. Can you honor him?
2: Are you happy? Amen. Well, we're going to be continuing with our strategic evangelism. How many love this strategic evangelism? Amen. So Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. So as a lifestyle, like what we've been sharing tonight, you, you witness to the, your next door neighbor, you witness to your friends, you witness to your family members, the person that target, the person that the Holy Spirit leads you to every day. But just to recap... We're also going to have a strategic evangelism initiative in the church, amen, that's going to be set up. So we are now on number 19, which is media. So how many agree people in the media world need to be reached for Jesus? Wouldn't it be amazing if the, the leaders, the board members, the owners of ABC, CBS, NBC, Universal Studios, Disney, uh, Fox, all, all were loving Jesus and serving Jesus? Imagine how they could spread the gospel around the world. Well, that needs to be the goal. Amen? Amen. Don't you want to see those movers and shakers coming to Jesus? Well, the only way those leaders of those networks are going to come to Jesus is if we tell them about Jesus. And it's not impossible for them to get saved. If the Apostle Paul can get saved, if gangsters can get saved, if movie stars can get saved, we can see those top leaders get saved. And when they get saved and uh, all the creative people in the organization come to them with wacky reality shows or perverse TV shows, guess what's going to happen at ownership level, chairmanship level, managing director, CEO level, they're going to shut those things down. So we have to have a strategic initiative to reach people in the media world. Now, Billy Graham, as I shared a few weeks ago, I, I can't remember when, but when he was 31 years old, he had a crusade in Los Angeles, and it was a two-week crusade. Uh, he was invited by the churches of L.A. They put up a big tent, and all Billy had was 14 sermons. So coming to the end of the the, the, the 14 nights, he was ready to finish it, uh, but the crusade committee said, Billy, won't you consider you know, having a thing carry on. And he said, okay, if there's a sign, the Lord gives me a sign, we'll carry it on. And what happened was the top uh, radio presenter in Los Angeles on the West Coast got saved. And uh, his wife kept saying, Billy Graham, you've got to come to this crusade. Billy Graham's preaching, Billy Graham's preaching. Eventually the wife nagged him so much that he came to the crusade. He heard the message. And the, fo- the following night, he said to everyone who listened to his radio show you know Billy Graham I'm going down there and I'm going to receive Jesus so because he got saved uh it created a huge buzz in Los Angeles It's like who who some of the top radio guys it's like uh Seacrest you know Ryan Seacrest so it's like Ryan Seacrest saying you know there's this guy and he's preaching and I've heard his messages and tomorrow night I'm going to walk down and receive Jesus well all the Seacrest followers will be there that night and it will create a buzz. So that's what happened with Billy. But what was also amazing, he asked for another sign and a few more famous people started getting saved. And then it came to like week four, round about there. And like now he'd exhausted all these sermons. And he, he, he was contacting his evangelist preacher friends around the country, <laughs> borrowing sermons. <laughs> Literally. And his father-in-law was like a scholar of note, and and he was helping Billy with sermons. And so round about week four, he was ready to pack the crusade in and move on. But what happened was William Randolph Hearst, who was the top media tycoon on the planet, who owned all these magazines and radio stations, it was rumored that the lady who worked for him was going to these crusades and was telling William Randolph Hearst about the crusade. And he, you know, never even met Billy Graham. Billy Graham, you know, never even met William Randolph Hearst. But William Randolph Hearst uh, sent this memo to his media empire, Puff Billy Graham, promote Billy Graham. And what happened round right about week four was hundreds of reporters started coming to the crusade. And, and that's what really detonated, so to speak, or catapulted Billy Graham's ministry around the world. So in that same spirit, I believe that the Lord wants to touch the William Randolph Hearst of the world, and and not just the bosses, but on every level. So we as a church, the Body of Christ Influence Church, we need to pray for the the leaders of, of media, radio, TV, uh, the film companies, the, the different media outlets, that they can get saved. If you know some of them by name, we pray f- for them by name. If the Lord opens a door for you to have lunch with any of them or coffee with any of them or you're related to any of them, we need to have a, have a plan and a strategy to reach them. Amen. Right. Um, number 20 is theme events. So what is happening on Sunday, I would consider it a theme event. So a theme event is an event that you establish in with the intention of reaching people for Jesus. So there are some seasons that are great for theme events. Christmas is a wonderful theme event, because even non-believers are open to the gospel. Easter is a great theme event because even non-believers like wanting to go to church at least once a year or once every few years, so that's a great opportunity uh, to reach non-Christians uh, having a theme event. How many remember the millennium? You know when, when the year 2000, Y2K, whatever it was called, everyone was scared to go on the aeroplanes. And well, in South Africa, uh, they had a world thing for for uh, it was called like the Millennium event. And what it was was all the countries around the world that as soon as it hit midnight, they, they would highlight that country. Uh, and all the festivities so in South Africa Durban was nominated Durban's a city in South Africa was nominated to have this massive millennium uh, event so they put up like a massive stage I mean a gigantic probably the same size as this you know whole room you know mega sound systems and they were going to have festivities on the beachfront in Durban so the Lord it in my spirit to do something you know, during the Millennium event. So it was so wonderful. It was given to like a big production company, whoever it was, and and they so happened to have their head office in Johannesburg, in Rosebank. So I did all my research and I got the appointment with the <laughs> the, the guys that were going to run this thing. They were from France and, you know, like top producer. I mean, they do huge events around the world. So, so I had a whole proposal for them and I was like, "Lord, if you pull this one off, I'll I'll really be impressed. <laughs> My faith will go to a whole another level." So I said to them, gentlemen, because uh, they they had a they were having a ten-day festival on the Durban beachfront. It's called the Golden Mile. So I said, you know, wouldn't it be great to do four days with a gospel theme, because? You know, over Christmas, just before New Year, a lot of people are into, to, you know, gospel. And South Africa is a very, you know, we, we look to things like the gospel and a lot of Christians. And I didn't tell him 70%, you know, it's all the cults put together. But, you know, we're, we're a Christian nation. And, um, and, and you know what? They agreed to it. They allowed me <laughs> and my team to, to have those four days. And, and they said, no, but we're going to have to charge you. And I thought, okay, that was the, the hook. I mean, they're going to charge a fortune. I think they charged like $500. So I mean, for four days with this massive stage, massive sound. So all I had to do as the, the organizer for the four days was present gospel bands. So I got a whole lot of gospel bands to come down to Durban. And we preached the gospel three times a day. During the festival, Amen. and hundreds and hundreds of people got saved and What was so great, the main stage, the sound system was linked up to the whole like a whole mile so while I was preaching, all the speakers along the Golden Mile, people were hearing the gospel Amen. so if i didn't take that initiative, it wouldn't have happened, so we have to be purposeful in reaching people with the gospel, like i've shared with you before uh the the inner city of Johannesburg, Jaber Park. The Lord put it on my heart to have an Easter festival, because I was going to church as a as a, a Christian, you know, having received Jesus, and and it was like, oh, you know, church is so great over Easter, but what about all the non-believers? They they're not experiencing what we experience in in the church. So the Lord put it on my heart to have a festival outside the church building. So I went, uh, so I kind of organized the whole thing. And I was, you know, asking all the top preachers in South Africa, uh, evangelists and pastors, like guys with big names, like, would you come and be the the evangelist and the preacher? And you know what? None of them w- were available. <laughs> and I'd been preaching every Saturday myself, three times a week. But I didn't feel worthy enough to be the big evangelist with this big stage and sound system. So I said, Lord, what am I going to do? None of these guys are willing to preach. And the Lord said, will you be the evangelist? And that's what kind of got our yearly festival going. We're at its peak. We got up to 25,000 people in a single service. So so if we didn't take that initiative, it wouldn't have happened. Um, another kind of a theme event, which I'm excited about, and this can really work for any single person that's here, is our neighborhoods. So our neighborhoods need to be reached with the gospel, so some theme events that I've done is putting together Salvation Pack. So Salvation Pack would be a CD or a DVD and a book. So when we were in Cape Town doing our campaign a few years ago, we did all the schools, we did some crusades around Cape Town, but I also put together Salvation Pack and we bubble wrapped it in case it rained and we dropped it off at a thousand homes. And it was myself writing a letter. And my opening like phrase was, um, Hi, how you doing? You're probably thinking, why are you getting a pack like this in the post? The reason I know you're thinking that is because I would think it myself. And my name is Jared Davidoff. i come from a Jewish background, but something amazing happened when I was 20. And I believe what happened to me can happen to you. And, and I shared the gospel in a letter form with one of my CDs or DVDs. And, uh, and we, we gave it to a 1,000 homes. We did the same thing when we were in Orlando, Florida. And next year, we want to do the same thing here in Anaheim. The Lord put it on my heart to do the same thing on Balboa Island. So we're going to get these salvation packs, drop it off at every home, so that those people can have the opportunity to get saved. And of course, in the salvation pack, we want to invite them to church. So if they really want to... Have an experience that can come here to influence. So I want to encourage you guys to do the same. So that is number twenty. That's theme events. So if you've got on your on your heart to do a theme event, come and share it with us. Share it with the leaders of the church. Um, a, a theme event can be anywhere. It can be in a prison. It can be in a mall. It can be uh, uh, the mall. He said the mall. Mo- he thought I said the morgue. <laughs> I can be in the morgue, hallelujah. We gotta raise the dead. Amen. Well ask for that Smith Wigglesworth anointing to come upon us. We're gonna raise them from the dead. Yes. Because I think you with seventeen last Oh really? So oh eighteen drugs, alcohol and other addictive groups. Did I do eighteen with you? Okay, back to eighteen. Drugs, alcohol, and other addictive groups. So if you've come out of a lifestyle of drugs, then you know how to relate to people that are in that lifestyle presently. Um, If you come out of a lifestyle of gangs, you would be the most likely person to relate to people that have come out of gangs. Um, And there are all kinds of other addictive groups. So where Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, whatever world you, you are from as well, the Lord can use you to go back. So like myself, the Lord has used me in the past, like I said, to to preach to gang members in, in, in Cape Town that are in the school or, or Muslims like in, in the schools of, of of especially Cape Town era, a lot of, I mean, tens and thousands of Muslims. But if you had to say, Jared, let's go on an actual outreach now to reach the Muslims, I wouldn't know actually what to say. In, in a half an hour conversation how to lead a Muslim to the Lord or if I to now go and speak to these gang members yes I could share the gospel but those are speciality outreaches that w- w- where you purposefully like every Saturday we're going to reach the gang members so you need to make sure that you're ready for that and and you're equipped for that and let me say you don't need to have been in a gang but you definitely have to be called like uh um, David Wilkerson, the cross in the switchblade, he like Nicky Cruz always says he was a, a skinny white heel you know, who came to New York to reach us, us gang members. He didn't know a thing about gangs, but the Lord spoke to him and the Lord used him in that situation. So you don't have to have had prior experience to reach that people group, but if you have that experience, it's always going to count as a plus. Amen. Number twenty-one is family so so really th- this is an outreach group where none of us are exempt and what my encouragement was reaching your family you've got your immediate family that you live in the same house then you've got your extended family cousins aunts brothers half brothers half cousins you know the whole family we need to be intentional about reaching our family members so one of the ways you can reach your family members is family events. So I know when I first got saved, my Jewish family freaked out that I got saved. Uh, um, my uncle on my uh, my mom's side, very successful Jewish businessman, he summoned me to his head office. He had about 30 uh, stores, um, uh, photographic and... and uh what's equivalent here? Like Best Buy. Like a Best Buy kind of a thing. He was like the biggest in South Africa. He had thirty stores around the country. So he summoned me to his head office. I'm twenty years old and he tells me, you know, what a disgrace I am and what an embarrassment I am and 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 he kind of said, you know, you 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 kind of like uh, a failure kind of a thing. And and we had a very good relationship. And I said, Well, Uncle Stan, you know, do you ever want to see me again? He said you know, when we have family functions, for the sake of your mother, you can come. But you better not uh, tell anyone about Jesus, you know. So, so, <laughs> so it was tough because now you arrive at the family function and people say, So Jared, tell us, what are you up to? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. So I would, I would kind of tell them. So I made a point in, 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 in kind of ticking off which cousins I'd witnessed to, which uncles I'd witness to, which aunts I'd witnessed to. And the ones that I didn't get to witness to one-on-one, I sent them one of my DVDs where I preach on the woman caught in the act of adultery. So I sent them that DVD, which shares my Jewish testimony and a, a gospel letter sharing how Jesus came into my life. So I just want to encourage you guys to do the same. Be intentional about sharing the gospel with your family members, especially those that live with you. And those that live around the country, get a a good salvation book, uh, you know, a testimony book of someone or uh, one of Pastor Full or Tammy's messages on on salvation or, you know, find a good product um, or a good salvation thing that's going to relate to them and send it to them. And maybe write your own testimony, make some photocopies, uh, make it personal, like Dear Cousin Jack, and then have your whole testimony and then personally sign so, so they can see you took the time to actually reach them. Um, especially some relatives that you feel intimidated by, that you don't actually, at this moment in time, have the boldness to, to witness to them one-on-one, they need to be reached. I mean, they could die and go to hell in the next month. So, we can't take this uh, lightly. And the other thing with family, like when I first got saved, you know, it takes time to, to be transformed, to become like Jesus. So, uh, it doesn't mean that you like a perfect Christian. So, some of your relatives might find it uh, hard to, to, to hear the gospel from you. And I know I always used to tell my sister, like, you, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm perfectly forgiven. So that can be a good line that you can use with your family members because they knew know what you used to get what you used to get up to when you were a teenager because you got up to mischief with them, you know, and you did bad things and whatever, and that can be part of your testimony and even now you may not be this amazing Christian person because uh, we we all like a work in progress, but say to them, you know I'm not perfect, I'm perfectly forgiven." And that's why Jesus is in my life now. He's helping me to overcome these these errors in my life. Because you you could be working minimum wage at McDonald's, but you've got peace in your heart. Your cousin's worth seventeen billion dollars. Now he's going to be thinking like you know who are you to speak to me? Look how rich I am. Or, what have you got? So 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 you can use uh, those kinds of different techniques to to reach your family members. Um. Number 22 is my workplace. So this is probably the most challenging because these are people that you're with every single day. But the Lord wants us to reach people in our workplace. Um, my mother used to work with a, 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 la- a young lady. Uh, my mother used to be a bank teller for like 20, 30 years. And she worked with a, a Christian girl because um, her father was security in the church that I went to. So, I, you know, I knew that this girl was in church and I kind of, I thought, loved Jesus. And I always used to say, like, have you, been, have you witnessed to my mother? Have you witnessed to my mother? And, like, she never took the time to witness to my mother. And I, I was a little bit irritated. It's like, come on, you work with my mom. You know, my mom's Jewish and she needs Jesus. This was before my mom came to know Jesus. And then... I find out that this Christian girl was actually stealing money from the bank, so thank God she didn 't witness to my mother. you know so what i 'm saying is if you if you the if you arrive late for work and you're the first last last to arrive at work and the first to leave and you don 't do your work and you've got a terrible reputation at work i 'd say witness, but f- first clean your life up, you know. Become a become a good staff member so that people will at least respect you and listen to you. Now, if you're really an amazing staff member in your company, you know people will naturally respect you because of your work ethic, and it will be so much easier for you to actually speak to them. Another thing when witnessing at work, don't do it during like work hours. Don't steal time from your boss, so to speak. So try to witness on a tea break. Try to do it during, during lunch. Do you guys have tea? Some of you are like, tea break? Don't you guys have a tea break? Okay. Coffee, coffee break. <laughs> okay. Lord, help me. I have to preach Ameri- in American. Uh... And, 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 you know, if the Lord really moves at 1043 and now Johnny's open and it's not your tea, your coffee break or your lunch break and you spend an hour witnessing to Johnny, but you had work to do, you know, work overtime. You know, let's not steal from your, from your boss, so to speak. Um, another thing with, when sharing at work is it's sometimes good to get away. So, so, you know, invite that person for lunch. Say, hey, Johnny, I'd really like to take you out for lunch and, um, and I've got something amazing to share with you and take them away. And sit down with them and be intentional about sharing the gospel with them. So, so Johnny might be someone that you you've been working with closely. You know, you've been working with Johnny for a few months or a few years, and you you're like buddies. You know, so it's not a total stranger. But you've never really taken the time to say, you know, Johnny, if you were to die today, do you know if you're going to go to heaven? Why must God allow you in? I just want to share the, some good news with you and you actually share the gospel with them. And if it's done in the right tone, you're not going to offend Johnny. Johnny's going to be grateful that you took him out for, for lunch, you know. And um, But we need to be intentional. How many saw the show Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts? If you haven't seen Aaron Brockovich, it is the most incredible movie um, because... Uh, she got to know everyone 's name in that town. There was like hundreds of kids that got infected with different diseases and and she was uh, the lawyer 's kind of assistant. But she took so much time to learn everyone 's name and that really counted a lot in the community so So the same way she had everyone 's name and she knew who everyone was. You can be the same way at work. get involved in people's lives to a certain degree if you can and be intentional about targeting them (laughs) to to share the gospel with them okay and you can even come up with a list with the 5 10 15 20 people you work with uh pray for them by name thank you father for john for susie for mary for abraham for isaac for jacob for for paul for peter for matthew mark luke and john whoever and 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 bring them before the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for open doors to share the gospel with them. I thank you, Lord, that uh, that you give them all a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Pray the word over their lives. Thank you, Lord, that when I share the gospel, Holy spirit, Holy Spirit will convict them of sin and righteousness and judgment. Thank you for open doors, Lord. Thank you for supernatural favor, and and be intentional about that. Another good thing in the workplace is is Easter and Christmas, um, you know, to give them a gift. So in the same way we want to target um, our community, target, and when I say target, in a good way target, target them with with some gifts, with, uh, with DVDs, with CDs, with, with whatever that's going to speak to them, that's going to share the gospel with them. Another great thing I want to encourage you to do is to maybe start a a prayer group at work or or if you're in a really larger corporation you can start a a weekly fellowship where for thirty minutes once a week you all the Christians in that company in the building whatever get together you you can pray for one another, you can worship, you can take it in turns give a devotional you can invite pastor full pastor tammy you can, you can invite some of the leaders. So so you the ones that the Lord is going to use in that business to start a Christian fellowship. And once you've done that Christian fellowship, you can then be intentional about maybe having an outreach. So so um so I really want to encourage you. In in a lot in in, in one of the I think it was the second great awakening, one of the books I read, was that some of the cities where the awakenings were taking place that Business people during lunch hour were meeting together all over the city praying and and obviously evangelizing. But praying together can be a very powerful thing. And I would even say if you work in a company where the boss is a a non-Christian, tell your boss, Hey, boss, we're going to start this prayer group and we're going to pray for you and your family and your marriage. And we're going to pray that our company becomes the best company, that our sales go through the roof, that, that our salesmen are honest and integrous. Trust me, that boss will welcome your prayer group, okay? Amen. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me like, oy <laughs> But the Lord will make your oy go away. Um, the Lord can also give uh, favor uh, in, in, in your workplace. Um, Ronald Bunky. I'll cut a very long story short, but Ronald Bunky had a crusade in a city and there was a dead man Daniel Ekuchuku They brought the coffin to cut a long story short Daniel came back to life they've made a documentary so Reinhardt's right-hand man Peter Vandenberg was going to come to South Africa with Daniel to travel the country like the week before Peter couldn't make it so they asked me if I can travel with Daniel so Daniel Ekuchuku he shared his testimony I did the salvation appeal and it went great one of my friends was the personal assistant to Saul Kersner, the man that built the Bahamas, the, uh, the Atlantis in the Bahamas. He built Sun City. So I asked Maeve, Maeve, the dude was dead. He went to hell. You know, can you maybe get us a discount <laughs> at Sun City? She said, sure, not a problem. She got us an 80% discount. I took the guy that died. We went to Sun City. We just blessed him with the weekend. The general manager then had heard about me, and he said, would I come and do a motivational kind of a seminar for all, all his staff members at the Palace of the Lost City? And I said, well, I'm not really an evangelist. I'm, I'm not really a motivational speaker. I'm an, I'm an evangelist. He said, no, we know who you are. We want you to come. So we went for this motivational <laughs> seminar, but I, I said to the, the general manager when we got there, you know, now I'm like, Lord, of all the evangelists in the world, you could have opened the store. Why me? And he said, because I know you'll you'll preach the gospel. <laughs> but I, so, so now you're in this incredible hotel. It's like a it was voted the number two hotel in the world a few years ago, after the Burj in Dubai. The cheapest room is like five hundred and fifty, six hundred dollars. The cheapest room. So now we arrive at the palace where all the top Oprah stays there, Michael Jackson stays all the famous celebs would stay there. And now I'm there and I'm thinking, Lord, if I preach the gospel, I ain't going to get invited back. I want to come back. And the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, you know, that's how everyone else would think. But I know, you know, you'll preach if I tell you to. So I said to the general manager, Mr. Birchall, I said, you know, I know I'm here for this motivational thing. But do you think I could uh, speak about Jesus and and if people want Jesus to come into their life, I can do a an appeal. And he said, "Go for it." I said, "I, I was thinking this poor guy's going to get fired because it's, it's a very Jewish company, you know. And if I'm preaching to all the staff and it's about Jesus, I'm not going to get invited. He's going to get fired. It ain't going to work well. So." We had two days, uh, two sessions a day, and at the end of each message, I asked everyone to close their eyes. I forgot the protocol. I went for the altar call, and, and a few hundred of his staff, a few hundred of his staff members got saved. So it was great. It was. I mean, I gave them books, CDs, DVDs. I totally, we invaded that place with the gospel, and it was amazing. And I thought, well, that was great, you know, poor Mr. Birchall. I don't want to be him on Monday morning when he has to face the bosses and, and uh, I probably won't come back here again. But he loved it so much and the reports were so great that he invited me to his bus, which was Graham. To cut a long story short, Graham became the leader of the whole, uh, of the whole group, 20, uh, no, about 25 or 30 resorts around South Africa. And then he asked me to come. And, and, and motivate and I use those opportunities to preach the gospel so what I saw was the Lord will give you favor not so that you can enjoy the perks of that situation he'll give you favor to preach the gospel he won't connect you with famous celebrities just so that you can be their friends he'll connect you with them so that you can tell them about Jesus and lead them to Jesus He'll give you favor with presidents, with politicians, not just to be their friends, but ultimately within a few months or at least one or two years, purposefully preach the gospel to them. And even with Graham, when I got that huge favor with Graham, um, it was also like, Lord, you know, Graham loves us. He's letting us stay in all his hotels. But if I preach the gospel to him, he may get offended and that favor may fly out the window. So Graham was coming to Johannesburg one day, and and um, he was in a terrible car accident. So he phoned me, Jared. I'd just been in a terrible car accident, and we were going to meet for dinner. So I rushed to to, to the site, and I quickly got a a, a a tow truck person to follow me. And it was in like a rural area. To cut a long story short, uh, Graham was fine, and we went out for dinner. And he said, "Now, now this guy's like an MBA." genius guy uh, he's got like a photographic memory everyone loves him he's one of the most influential business leaders in South Africa so, so now he's looking at me saying now tell me why is a nice Jewish boy like you believing in Jesus you know how does that all work and for an hour I took him through creation blood covenant all the prophecies about the Messiah told him all about Jesus and then asked him you know if he'd like Jesus but he wasn't ready and then we just stayed friends, and, and um, I've given him CDs and DVDs and books. And, and even last Christmas, I hand-wrote wrote the gospel. Like, Dear Graham, and this is a friend of mine, Dear Graham, you know, God loves you. has a great plan and a purpose for your life. And, and he sent his son Jesus, and it was about, I don't know, five or six pages. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you these stories so that you can do the same. I'm just telling you what I've done, and uh, copyright means the right to copy, okay? As long as you copyright. <laughs> so, so make sure you copyright. So the Lord will connect you with influential people, with, with down-and-out people, with up-and-out people, with all kinds of people in your work, with the sales guys and this guy, and, and, and all kinds of people, ultimately, so that they can get saved. You're not at your company because, you know, God wasn't sure what he was going to do when you popped out your mother, you know. He had a plan and a purpose for you to assign you to different roles in society with the ultimate purpose in leading people to Jesus. Um, l- let me just speak just for how much time have I got left? About one minute. About one minute. Okay. The, okay, this is the final one then. I'll go to number 23. 23, and I love the fact that my brother, here who comes from a, a Muslim background, is that the Lord also wants us to have religious outreach groups. So religious outreach groups. So if you come from a Muslim... Oh, you didn't come? Oh, thank the Lord. Wow. Okay, so he comes from a Christian family, but he knows how to witness to Muslims. Uh, You may come from a Jewish family, so the Lord will most likely use you to witness to a lot of Jews. Whatever religious background you come from, as long as you know that religion almost inside and out, the Lord can use you to go back into those communities to get those people out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't know in, 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 a, in a disciplined way, how to lead a Jehovah's Witness to the Lord or a Muslim to the Lord or or other religions. I know how to share the gospel, so that's what I would do and trust that they get saved. But for those people that are really entrenched in their religion where you need to be educated, um, you need to be educated. So if my brother has uh, seminars on, uh, here at the church or, or one day workshop, how to witness to Muslims, we need to go. We need to be equipped. Um, and then the Lord can use you for that. The final one actually is number 24, which I won't really go into, but it's missions trips. So the Lord can also uh, start, start a, a, an outreach group in Influence Church that is missions outreach orientated. Like I said, in downtown Los Angeles, they have the Fred Jordan mission. They have accommodation there. They have everything there that's ready for us to go downtown and maybe do a one or two day crusade. Maybe some of you have connections in in, in Mexico where we can go to Mexico for an outreach and and do something there. That can be an outreach that we look forward to. I know Jesus Culture is having a conference, uh, so that's not really an outreach, but that's something that we can work towards. So so if you feel um, that you're called to be involved in one of these outreaches or lead one of those outreaches, I know two weeks ago we gave you a form. I don't know if we still have the, if we still have that form. But what we want you to do is to write down which outreach group you feel called to. And it can be one or two. It can't really be more than two because there are only so many days in the week and we don't want you to neglect your family. So there's only one or two outreaches you really feel called to. And if you feel that you're called to actually be a, one of the leaders in that outreach group, we want you to mark it as well. So that in the next few months, especially when we get back from South Africa, the end of March, beginning of April, we can start to set up these different outreach groups, have strategy meetings. Okay, the, if it's the hospital outreach team, let's get a map of Anaheim and and the whole area and strategically see okay where we're going to reach. Then your team goes out and strategizes and 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 ultimately, all of all of you guys are going to be the the real leaders of these outreach teams and then we'll naturally open it up to the congregation. So if Sister Susie has a real heart for for going to hospitals, she can join the outreach team. If Brother Jack has a real heart for reaching the business community, he can reach the business community team. So so ultimately we want everyone in the church to be involved in one of these outreach groups. If some people Really don't want to be involved in all, in any. Then at least we want to encourage them to at least reach the people that they live with and the people that they work with. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Paul.
0: I don't know. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> it's been fun. Been fun to have you guys around. So cool. Um. And here's, a, here's an idea re- real quick. Uh, so you've got an opportunity Sunday night, right? Got an opportunity. Got another opportunity coming on Christmas Eve. So here's a couple things we're going to do. We are going to have two Christmas Eve services, 3 and 5 o'clock. Prior to that, we're putting 12,000 door hangers in the area that's going to announce the Christmas Eve service and going to have the plan of salvation on the back, Okay. So, what we want you to do is we want you to realize that if you bring somebody here, we're going to give a gospel presentation. We want you to know there are going to be people here because they're going, Christmas Eve, why not? You know, let's go right down the street. And you're going to be here. And you're going to, so we want you to talk to people, okay, to get them here. And then when they get here, we want you to talk to people. Just remember, take these, everything we do is is not just so you go, oh, that's cool. I'm glad Jared's doing that. It's so you do it, you get to share, you get to because I promise you this, once you lead one person to Christ, it it's gonna it's you're gonna be hooked. You're gonna be totally hooked. Go, I gotta do this again. I gotta go lead somebody to Jesus, you know? And think about it, they're in eternity because of you. Think about that. They're in eternity because of you. That's pretty crazy stuff, isn't it? That's like as crazy as having a baby. You know, I mean, that's like if you think about having a baby a while, it gets crazier, doesn't it? There's there's humans living inside of you. It's alien world altogether, isn't it? But enough of that. Um, Okay, (laughs) enough of that. I could go on for weeks on that subject. But let's uh, we're going to here's what we're going to do. We uh, some of you want to go to South Africa uh, or thinking about going to South Africa, want to get more information about that. We're going to ask you to stay in the room if if you fall into that category. I'm going to pray. If you don't fall into that category and you're hungry and want to go home and have dinner, then you're you're free to go. Okay? So please stay. If you want to go to South Africa, I'm going to, to uh, have a prayer, and then uh, we're going to go. And you might want to grab a chance to just say uh, – uh, see you in a little bit to uh, Jared and Lucinda before uh, they leave as well. Okay? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for tonight. Thank you, God, for all the great words we've had from um, uh, from Tammy, um, from Alec, from uh, Jared, Lucinda, uh, from Nathan, and, God, from just the testimonies we've heard from, like, Maria and and all the great sharing that's gone on. May we just be fired up for Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen. God bless. Have a good night.